The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Bonanza! What a way to start. Fantasy Week 16. Not Camara. Not really Cup. But... Honestly, pretty good. Pretty good overall. <laughs> and not the Saints DST either. But uh, it's Adam, Dave, and Jamie here on Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Mailbag coming up later today. You know that. Uh, but right now, we'll talk about seven NFC home games, including the game of the week. Yeah, the uh, Baltimore-San Francisco game. Detroit, Minnesota. Indianapolis at Atlanta. Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. The Giants at the Eagles. The Cardinals at the Bears. The Packers at the Panthers. Jamie, I know you had that one league where it was like all Thursday. Which players did you have in that? I forget. Uh, I had Kamara and Kyron. So one or two were good. And Puka and Alave. Very happy. Oh, yes. all four of them. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, three out of four ain't bad. I was playing against uh, Haversek. And, um, you know, I don't pay attention to kicker rules. Apparently, we get uh, negative points for missed kicks. So I was happy on the first missed field goal. Oh, okay. He ended up having a pretty, a pretty good game. He did. He did. Should we start incorporating that more in leagues that have kickers, or should we just continue to say don't have kickers in fantasy? That's probably. What we should uh, do. I don't. I don't mind incorporating that. It's fine. I think if you're going to use kickers, include the negative scoring. Yeah, yeah. and then as uh, one of our colleagues says, when they miss kicks, just choke them. Choke them. Oh, <laughs> I choke them. I choke them. Haversick, uh, I feel like he does miss a lot of field goals. Uh, well, I think he did, and then they brought in Mason Crosby and put him on the practice squad, and then he started making his kicks, and then they cut Mason Crosby, and now he's missing kicks again. So, Yeah, that's one of the reasons I Crosby. pick him up. He's three for four, two for three. Yeah, he, he misses. He's a misser, but he gets a lot of points. They're scoring a lot. All right, so we'll talk about that game. Let's go to that one right now. How about that? Derek Carr actually had a better game than Matthew Stafford. Not IRL, but in fantasy. Uh, Carr scored about 30 points. Stafford, 25 points. And are you going to start either of them next week? Stafford at the Giants. 
And Carr is, I'm sorry, who's got Otis Carr uh, at Tampa Bay on the road. At Tampa yeah. Bay. So, yeah, they're both in play to yeah. start, but Stafford's just rolling hot right now. Offensive line's giving him good protection. He's, I, I liked how he was moving around, like being able to hang in the pocket, move out of the pocket. That's yeah. something that's a little bit different, not a yeah. statue like he's been before. And uh, the accuracy is amazing. The touchdown to, to Demarcus Robinson was awesome. He's been playing great. I don't see how he's not a top 10 quarterback next week. At the Giants. And then, yeah, how about Demarcus Robinson? I think for, if you missed the game, Cooper Cup dropped two difficult but catchable touchdowns. Uh, one of them was followed by a Puka Nakua touchdown catch. One of them was followed by a field goal. So Cup had a couple of chances, and he had 12 targets, I think. He just didn't have a good game. But I think the two big storylines would be Kamara with a total dud and Demarcus Robinson with a great game and maybe yep. Shahid too. So Jamie, does anything change for you going forward with, uh, with some of these players? Well, Shahid, you know, last week's game was disappointing. Week 15's game was disappointing because no Olave and he had been, you know, I don't know, shake the rust off game because of the, you know, absence with the, the, the thigh injury. Cause nobody has thigh injuries. Um, but <laughs> I think, if you saw the two games before he got hurt and it coincided with Michael Thomas getting hurt. So the first game that Thomas was, was either hurt or out. He had nine targets in that game and really was a focal point of the offense. Then against Atlanta, which is the game he got hurt. He had five targets. I think it was in the first quarter of the first half before he went out. So they were really trying to get him involved. And you mentioned this uh, when we previewed the show that the less Taysom Hill has played, the more Derek Carr has obviously been in op- have opportunities to throws, which which is clearly benefiting the receiving core there. And I wonder how much that might may or may not change coming off of a loss because Taysom Hill has been a non-factor for two straight weeks, one win, one loss. Yeah. So as long as Thomas is out, I think, especially next week, Shahid's in play as a number three receiver in three receiver leagues. And for Demarcus Robinson, it's just one of those, I think, dart throw type of guys. You know, if you're, if you need a wide receiver, you know, we'll see what injuries come out of this week. You know, Jamar Chase, let's say for example, doesn't play next week. Um, not a bad guy to pivot to because the Giants won't be able to cover all the Rams and clearly Robinson right now is a factor. I know, I know there was the two, two Atwell return. Maybe that was going to be something people were worried about, but yeah. Robinson four yeah. touchdowns in, in four straight games of the touchdown. That's hard to overlook with the way Stafford's playing. 10 snaps for Taysom Hill, by the way, that number went down from last week, I believe. Yeah. So there could be a phasing out here. It could be finally happening just in time for, for week 17. Yeah, and they didn't even use him on the two-point conversion. I thought they would, and and they did not. And I'll say this for Shahid. If you look at his route depth, I think that maybe in the past few games without Michael Thomas, they were trying to change him into something that he isn't. They were making him a short area guy. This game, he was back to 10-plus yards of route depth, just being a deep threat, which makes him inconsistent and unreliable. But it, I think it might be the role that he's just better at. So he went back to that. <clears throat> in no, this they still used him on. He still ran a bunch of short routes too. Well, of course, he's always That's going to run. Route depth is that it doesn't. I don't know if that necessarily gives you um, a clear picture of usage. Well, and I mean, nobody's going to run a deep route every play, but right. Obviously, he had a 15 yard a dot in this game. He did. That's miss. what I care about. Yeah. Because now they're using him in a certain way, and they're putting the ball toward him. They're right. throwing to him. Uh, and uh, Kamara next week at Tampa Bay. I don't know. If Tampa Bay does well against ETN, you might have a little bit of hesitation with uh, Kamara this week, next week, because Vita Vey is back, and I don't know. I mean, it's 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 hard to bench guys like this though, because there's just still so much upside. 
And I did mention this. The Rams are absolutely unbelievable against pass-catching running backs. He had five catches mm-hmm. for 16 yards. The Rams are the best in the business. They give up the fewest receiving yards per game to uh, to running backs. I started to dig into that this morning, and that'll be something that I'll work on this offseason. One of the reasons why is because they play heavy zone coverage. And so what that means yeah. is that all the defensive players are facing the quarterback. But the other thing that they do a really good job at, and I really can't wait to go back and see this during the offseason, they can sniff out the screens and the the dump off passes, the flare passes to running backs. At least they did against Camara. They did it really, really well. And the Saints didn't scheme all of them up very, very well either. So that's kind of a, a two sided thing where the Saints didn't do a good enough job getting Camara um, the the play drawn up properly, or was a dump off pass where Derek Carr checked down. And the Rams seem to be really smart about attacking and rallying to whoever's about to get the ball instead of reacting. Once the player has the ball. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see though, what their new defensive coordinator does because Raheem Morris getting a head coaching job. He could get one. Absolutely. He's, he should be in, in contention for one again. Yeah. I mean, they always seem to have good defensive and coordinators there. Where does Sean McVay fall on coach of the year rankings? I mean, it's him. It's Stefanski. It's uh Steichen. Uh, Shanahan. It's hard to give it to Shanahan because they were expected to be good. I know. But they're really good. Okay. So anyway, uh, oh, Chris, I think Chris is going to write an article. Check it out. We were talking about it last night. Is Puka Nakua the best waiver wire pickup in history? We were trying to figure out better ones than Puka Nakua. Uh, I suggested maybe Darren Waller when he was tight end two in 2019. But he was drafted. Was that? I don't know if Darren Waller was a pickup back then. Well, not for you, but I think he probably was for a well, lot. There are a lot of people that like Waller off of, after Hard Knocks because um, he was so popular. Uh, I think in terms of even this year, Kyron Williams. I, yeah, I mean, you could if Kyron Williams didn't miss that four games, I believe, then maybe you give it to him. And maybe you still give it to him. So, uh, but they have two of the best waiver wire pickups ever, basically. It's crazy. All right. That's good coaching. Yeah, let's see what uh, Chris comes up with as he kind of digs into that. A we got to learn from that this offseason. That's another thing we have to do. What can we learn from that that we can apply Nothing. to next year? Yeah. So we can, you know, it's always my goal is to find those guys <laughs> before week one. Well, I I mean, I think Kyron Williams is a complete shock. But all right, but that's a topic for a different day. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. That's where you can watch all of our content. That's where you can watch our live stream at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday mornings. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday mornings. Before that, at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday mornings, uh, tune into CBS Sports HQ on the CBS Sports app, and you can watch Dave, Jamie, and Heath on fantasy football today there. Uh, and we will have a, a Christmas Eve recap show at 9.30 p.m. We usually start around 8, so it's going to be later. It's not going to change anything for those of you that listen on Mondays. But if you want to watch it live, it's going to be later on Christmas Eve. I want to thank Dave and Jamie for accommodating uh, there and because I have plans and uh, family stuff. So um, anyway, we'll see you Christmas Eve. Yeah. I just want to tell you real quick, two players. I got I got a heebie-jeebies segment here. Two players that are giving me the heebie-jeebies this week. Saquon Barkley at the Eagles and Travis Etienne at the Bucks. I'm getting some heebie-jeebies from them. I mean, I, I think, you know, you could factor in Kamara. You could throw in Derrick Henry. You could throw in Austin Eckler. You know, these guys that are hard to say are sit candidates. But they have difficult situations or struggling 
or both. And it's like, I, we, we, t- we talked about this a couple times during the week. Like, who are you starting over them? It's just, it's just difficult to say, like, in the case of any of these running backs, let's say you, you have a good roster because, you know, you're in, in, in the semis. Are you going to play Dontavian Wicks over Saquon Barkley in a flex? Like, no. there's n- not many people that would ever do that. No, or, or, you know, um, James I know Cook, like James wanna, Cook is easy. I mean, a lot of guys have. Really yeah, I mean, look, if you, have, yeah. if you have great players, you know, I, I, <laughs> I had back to back tweets, you know, because I did a, a little Ask FFT yesterday before the games, um, for the game. And somebody sent me a, uh, who do I sit out of Diggs, Puka, and another great receiver? And I said Puka. And the guy wrote back, you know, oh, I get it. Puka had a great game. And he wrote back things you can't say on the show. <laughs> um, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. I mean, it's, it, you know, you have a great roster. You have a great roster. There's nothing you can do. Somebody's going to have a, a, a good game on your bench. And then, but, but right below it, I had said Puka over uh, Zeke. It was like, you know, back to back tweets. Thanks, Jamie. Sorry, Jamie. You know, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And, you're going to have these tough calls, you know, so you just have to have the cojones to bench one of these guys when you have, you know, some questionable calls. If you have great players, it's easier. James Cook is easy. Yeah. Raheem Mostert. Easy. No, yeah. but it's a shame because I think Barkley, Zeke, ETN is so hard for me. I tried to rank them yesterday for somebody, I think, uh, and I just like, I was like, they're basically the same. I I don't even know. I think I'd go with, gosh, I think I'd go with, with Zeke in that, but... I'll get into why um, I'm nervous about Travis Etienne and, and Saquon Barkley uh, coming up, and I'll see if Dave and Jamie feel the same way. Uh, I mean, the rankings would suggest that they are starters, but, well, Jamie's got Barkley 20th, so that's that's interesting as well. Okay, uh, news and notes. Trevor Lawrence unlikely to play. C.J. Stroud out. Kenny Pickett out. Is C.J. Stroud officially out? No. Okay, but almost certainly out. Kenny Pickett is out. Um, Mason Rudolph would start. I, you guys think this is like the right time of year for me? Ma- okay, never mind. Um, yeah, re- let, let's spend five minutes on Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> Geno Smith is playing. Okay, running backs. Jonathan Taylor, full participant. He said he wanted to test the thumb. Do you guys have any hesitation with Jonathan Taylor at this point? No, uh, the fact that he wasn't, according to the, the reports, he was just wearing gloves. There was nothing bulky on his thumb. So, yes, does he want to test it out, make sure he's fine? Obviously. Uh, does it sound like he's playing? Yes. Okay. And I think it could be really good for him if Zach Moss does not play. Oh, yeah. Potentially the first running back to have a monster game against Atlanta this year. He's scoring. He's going to be the first to score a rushing yep. touchdown. Uh, Josh Jacobs missed practice. They are playing on Monday, so still time there for Jacobs. Tony Pollard said he acknowledged that he's beat up, uh, that he was. That when he's acknowledged that that he took a long time to recover from the surgery in the offseason, but he says he's feeling healthier now. Um, Jarek McKinnon mispracticed. That's not necessarily unusual. Uh, A.J. Dillon practiced. We'll talk about that game. Ken Walker, Jamie, he's your start of the week. He hasn't practiced yet. He's got the shoulder injury. What are you doing there with Ken Walker? Well, obviously, today's a big day. You know, if he doesn't practice, then I'll have to pick a new start of the week. And uh, Zach Charbonnet would be an absolute monster if there's no Ken Walker. Could be really easy. You just make Zach Charbonnet the start of the week. True. <laughs> um, Brian Robinson, are we expecting him at this point at the Jets? No. Okay. And Alexander Madison is not going to play. Is that official or am I? I think it's not it's, official. But I don't think it's official, but I think it's looking that right. way. And they, 
O'Connell's been talking up Ty Chandler for like five days now. Tyreek Hill practiced. That's good. Keenan Allen is not going to play. Devontae Smith has this knee issue, and that's a Monday game. So he mispracticed. He's got a knee thing. We'll see if he practices today. Um, let's see what else we got. Nico Collins looks like he's going to play. He's trending in the right direction. Do we? What are we thinking for the Packers wide receivers at this point at Carolina? They're all banged up. Um, I think Wicks is just more of a maintenance thing, but he's dealing with an ankle injury that he's been dealing with, I think, for the last couple of weeks. Both Watson and Reed, I believe, were limited. So keep an eye on that. But um, at this point, I would probably say in terms of who I expect to play, Wicks would be one, Reed probably two, and then Watson three. Okay. And Michael Pittman, full part, uh, full participant in practice, still has not cleared the concussion protocol, but I know we've all got our fingers crossed for Michael Pittman to uh, get back out there. He's got a good chance to do so. Still no Hunter Henry for the Patriots. Michael Mayer missed practice, but they play Monday, so time for him. And Luke Musgrave is eligible to come off IR. It's not a great matchup anyway, but if you were thinking about Tucker Craft, just be, be aware there's a chance Luke Musgrave plays this week. Uh, on the offensive line, I think the Cowboys and the Dolphins might play seven on seven. They don't really have any <laughs> <laughs> healthy linemen. But, but in seriousness, we talked about this game yesterday, so it looks like Zach Martin and Tyron Smith both might miss the game with Martin having a better chance. And these are two Hall of Fame <laughs> offensive linemen for the Cowboys, basically. So, Dave, uh, are you thinking about downgrading Dak Prescott? You have to, because we've seen it before from him when he doesn't have a good offensive line, he struggles. And the Dolphins' pass defense, as good as it is, their pass rush is starting to generate a lot more pressure. I I don't think the Cowboys can adapt the same way that the Dolphins did last week. And it, it, it's a shame, because you'd love to see these two teams play each other at full strength, and now we might be without so many key pieces on the both offensive lines. Uh, it makes me nervous about Dak for sure. How has Dak Prescott done this year without Tyron Smith? Week three, they lost that game at Arizona, but I don't think Smith was the only lineman who was injured in that game. I think he was missing like three starters in that game. He scored 16.4 points. The next week against New England, not a terrible game, but he didn't get that second touchdown. I mean, 28 of 34 for 261 and 1, 16.3 fantasy points. So that's two games with 16 points, basically. And then he faced the Rams in week eight coming off a bye, four touchdowns, 304 yards, 36.1 fantasy points without Tyron Smith against the Los Angeles Rams. So that's- How did he do last week without Zach Martin on the field against Buffalo? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of issues there, but six points at Buffalo last week. <clears throat> okay, and yeah, I mean, I'm keeping an eye on Jimmy Ward. I, I keep talking about how significant Jimmy Ward is for the Texans' pass defense. He practiced, so he has got a good chance to play against Cleveland. Uh, the Panthers are a little bit beat up, but I think it's actually some illnesses. Some of their best uh, edge rushers missing with illnesses, specifically Brian Burns. Vita Ve- See, this is the the Tampa Bay defense is healthy now. Big game for them. They got uh, they're getting Vita Vea back i believe i think he was limited but devin white I think he played last week adam oh he did i'm sorry okay i think he did I'll devin he white okay my bad devin white and carlton okay, davis did. practiced in full uh so they're getting healthy and the giants have a couple of defensive tackles that we should keep an eye on dexter lawrence who's been missing practice recently and rakeem nunes roaches uh who is practiced they might they have they're in jeopardy and that would be good for deandre swift 
Bills are also beat up, but I don't think that matters for the Chargers. And I mentioned this to Dave last night. There will be no commercial breaks in the fourth quarter of the Bills-Chargers game on Peacock. But there will be a commercial break right now. And we'll be back after this with one question for each game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. One question for each game. The Ravens are at the 49ers. These are the top two defenses in the NFL. In points per game, not in yards per play. In yards per play, Baltimore is one, and San Francisco is actually 12th. But the top two defenses in the NFL, Jamie, are we getting away from anybody that we would typically start on Baltimore or San Francisco? I guess, say, Flowers would be the one, if you're saying typically start. But everybody else, I'm starting all the main 49ers guys, and I'm starting Lamar Jackson. I don't know if Isaiah likely falls in the always start guys, but I would start him this week, too. Okay, Detroit at Minnesota. Dave, are we worried about the running backs in this game against two very good run defenses? Uh, I'm not. I would rank them Gibbs, Montgomery, Chandler, but I think that they're all in play as at worst number two RBs. I just don't think there are enough running backs to take any of them out of the top 24. Would I say that any of them have a chance to do like what Ty Chandler did last week? I have a hard time believing that, but if there's one that I think did have a chance, it would be Gibbs because he could be utilized more in the passing game than the other two. The only two running backs have scored more than 15.1 fantasy points against the Minnesota Vikings. And they were, if you remember the DeAndre Swift game back in week two or three, Mm -hmm. and Christian McCaffrey was the other. So that's tough. You think Jameer Gibbs gets 15 plus PPR fantasy points? I think he can get there. He's pretty good. I mean, we're still dealing with, at least in the case of the Lions, a very good offense and a very good offensive line. And yeah, I think you know kind of what to expect from Montgomery. He's the one that might make me the most nervous. A little too touchdown dependent at this point, but he gets a lot of work. Yeah. And Chandler, Chandler's going to get a lot of work too because I don't think Madison plays. And I don't think anybody, I don't think Kenny Nwangu is going to take much work away from him either. No, and the... Uh... The man, what is the stat I have on this game? It's like 22 or more carries for a running back in four of the last five games. Uh, no, it's three of the last four games for the Vikings. They're, they have this many running back carries. I don't know, it's four of the last five 25, 28, 25, and 24 running back carries in four of their last five games. That's 24 or more. And Chandler got. All of them, except for one last week. So they are trying to run the ball a lot. Now, Justin Jefferson's back. Well, we'll get in that game a little bit. But even last week with Jefferson, they ran the ball a ton. 
Colts are at the Falcons. Jamie, we got Drake London at home, but we don't have Desmond Ritter at home. Starter sit Drake London at home. Love Drake London. Um, 14.1 PPR points in his last five home games. Uh, at least 14.1 PPR points in his last five home games. Over 19 points on average in those five games. So he's been an absolute monster at home. And so, yes, quarterback change. Uh, yes, tough defense. Colts have been really good against opposing wide receivers. I think they're number 10 in fewest points allowed to the position. But uh, I'll take my chances with that guy at home. So, yeah, must-start guy. Top 12 I'll receiver. Save, I'll save the quarterback stats for the Falcons when we get to that game. Uh, what he's done with Drake London? No, well, I mean, I have that. That won't impress you. But you might be more encouraged to start London when you hear the differences between Heineke and Ritter. Yeah, well, now I have that won't that don't impress me much in my head. So thank you for putting. Well, I mean, they're both unimpressive quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. no, you'll, you'll just, I'll tell you what the difference is between the two of them. Little Shania now. All right, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin or Calvin Ridley? Who do you like better? Godwin. Yeah. Mm. Just, his target share the last two weeks is like forty percent. It's not quite that high, but it's over thirty percent. No, it's it's the. I think it's oh actually that might be his target per route run rate is like 39 40%. Yeah, that's that's pretty great too. <laughs> Anything over 25% there is good. When it's 10 percentage points higher than that, it's amazing. The question is whether or not they're going to keep doing it. My guess is that they will. Godwin looks healthy. He made some amazing a lot of it we talked about this on Sunday. A lot of it had to do with the Packers defense just playing poorly. But Jacksonville's defense has been playing poorly against the pass lately too. Yeah. And so there's going to be huge opportunities, especially if the Bucks' run defense is good. It's going to force, or I'm sorry, if the uh, Jaguars' run defense is good, it's going to force Baker to throw a little bit more. And Godwin's been really great lately. And he doesn't have C.J. Beathard throwing to him. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's, that's a big X factor. Jaguars have allowed more than 14 PPR fantasy points on receiving totals alone to seven wide receivers in their last seven games. Giants at the Eagles. Saquon Barkley or DeAndre Swift? Uh, Barkley. I also have Barkley higher. That's close. Yeah. You know, I remember I said my gut was saying I wanted to go Swift over Barkley, but I look at Swift's game log. He is single-digit PPR points in five of the last six games. I just I think I have to back off on that gut feeling. But if there's no Dexter Lawrence, you'll know that is important to the matchup. The Eagles will know that that's important to the matchup. And I think they want to keep running the ball. They did a good job of it against Seattle. So I don't think we can totally write off DeAndre Swift as a bad fantasy play. It's just, does he have the upside that Saquon has? And I think that's the discussion that we need to have. It's that stupid tush push. (laughs) Arizona at Chicago. Listen, they, they had a change up to it last week where I think it was Swift who got the ball. They gave Swift scored his I think his most recent touchdown was on a tush push formation fake gave it to Swift and he ran it in. Um, I don't know. It was either his most recent or his second most recent. But uh, still, he got down to the one yard line, you know, maybe twice, but definitely once in that Seattle game. And then they hurts it in. All right, in Arizona. Adams' fantasy league, he wants to award points for when a player is down at the one. <laughs> Arizona at – yeah, I have Calvin Ridley. I'll, I'll take that. Arizona at Chicago. James Conner or one of these recently relevant running backs or all of them. Chuba Hubbard against Green Bay. Devin Singletary against Cleveland. Ty Chandler against Detroit. Would you start Conner over any of them? No. All except Chandler. I would go Chuba over him. That one's kind of easy for me. Chandler's easy for me if there's no Madison. Singletary's tough. 
but I would take my chances with Singletary over Connor this week. No, I kind of like Connor. I don't. Why do you like him, Dave? Because I think he's the main running back for Arizona. I think that offensive line certainly played well last week. I, I'm i tired of doubting him. He went to Pittsburgh, had a monster game. Went to San Francisco, had a good game. Now he's playing Chicago. I don't think it's going to be a Bears blowout. Game script will favor him. He'll get a lot of work. The catches aren't great. He's averaging like two and a half since he's come back from injury per game. And the yardage that comes with it is a joke. But I, I still think he's going to get a good amount of work. And I think he's got a decent shot to score. So when you line him up against all those other running backs that are touchdown dependent, I kind of put him at the top of the list. That has I him at 22 for me in the uh, in my PPR rankings. He's more touchdown dependent than the other three guys you mentioned. Well, I don't know. When's the last time Chuba even scored a touchdown? Doesn't matter. He's been very good without the touchdowns. He's been pretty good without the touchdowns. I don't well, know you take away really his. You, you don't give him a touchdown, and you take away James Conner's touchdown. Add the three. So who's been better? By two and, That's and, a good question. Who's been better the last two weeks without touchdowns? Chuba. I don't know about that. I don't. I don't think he's. If he's better, the last I don't two think games oh, without, oh, without oh, touchdowns. You're saying if we take all the touchdowns away, so basically yeah, Chuba hasn't scored, and he's been better. Well, Chuba has without the touchdowns. 11.6 and 12.3 PPR fantasy points in his last two games, Chuba Hubbard. Without touchdowns. Without touchdowns. I think Take James Conner probably, yeah. I think you're probably right here. Um, yeah. Singletary was awesome last week without a touchdown. I actually think Much it's, it's super close. Him, it's super close. I think you're probably within one to two points over the last two games. Um, but okay. Okay, fine. Uh, Chuba had 11.6 and 12.3 without scoring a touchdown last week. James Conner had 11.9 without a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So like basically right in the middle of what Chuba had done the prior two games. Then I got to look up what he did in week 13. This is exciting. Week 13, (laughs) James Conner had. 22.5, 22.5, you take away a touchdown from there, that's 16.5. That's better than what Chuba had been. There yeah, are, to me, it's... Connor had two touchdowns. Yeah, two touchdowns, though. Oh, okay. I thought Connor had 10.5 without the touchdown. Okay, so that's lower than Chuba. It's very close between the two. All right, Green Bay at Carolina is our last game here for this segment. And that's another Chuba Hubbard question. Chuba Hubbard or Aaron Jones? Who do you like better in this game? We know the great matchup for Jones. Jones. As long as Dylan's out. If Dylan's in, I'll take Chuba. We talked about this on the live stream last night, how Matt LaFleur kind of lamented that he didn't give Jones more work after he got off to a hot start last week. And I would love to see that overcorrection by the coaching staff to feed Aaron Jones more. He looked good when he did get the ball in the first quarter, but A.J. Dillon's got to be out for me to really buy into Aaron Jones. By the way, my stat of the game for that game, I called it the stat of the game that makes me nervous because it might convince me to start Chuba Hubbard, which could go wrong because he's Chuba Hubbard. But the stat is that the Packers have allowed 18.6 or more PPR fantasy points to five running backs in their last six games. That's Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Isaiah Pacheco, Saquon Barkley, and Rashad White. All of them scoring 18.6 or more PPR fantasy points. They all had 15 to 21 uh, carries. And Chuba Hubbard's had 22 or more carries in three straight games. It is lining up. What's that? He's been fantastic. He has been, except they just have a bad offense, so it doesn't. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. The Panthers, though, they run the third most plays in three the, games ago. Two yeah, games ago. But, but almost his entire career, he just 
doesn't really catch a lot of passes. It's just not he's just not good at it, I think. He had four catches in week twelve. And for this season he has seventeen catches in ten games. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at James Conner. Uh he had five catches in week twelve, and for the season he has thirty-two catches in fourteen games. All right, that's it for one question for each game. Now let's go a little bit deeper into these games. We'll start with Baltimore at San Francisco. And I can't imagine anyone's taking Debo Samuel out of their lineup. But I alluded to this on Wednesday when I tricked Dave with the game of the week thing that there have only been five wide receivers who have had real big weeks, weak winning types of weeks or or close to that, more than 16.7 points against Baltimore. And they all had double digit targets. And that has only happened once for Debo and once for Ayuk. So, again, no one's sitting Debo. But Ayuk's coming off a bad game, and he's really only had one big game in, I think, his last seven. He's usually in the 13, 14-point range, something like that. So, against Baltimore, is is Ayuk someone, Dave, that you struggle with at all? Hmm? Is Ayuk someone that you... St- no, I swear, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to do it, because no, so I think fun. you'll... You'll you'll beat a dead horse if you do it. Exactly. Uh, I don't struggle with that. You, I think he's going to be fine. He's got upside to get you at least 15 PPR points. He's done that three of his last four. So I'm rolling with him. I'm liking him over Diggs, for example. Oh wow. Okay. It's just funny. It's 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 almost like as we look at this game and then and you see the Niners are five and a half point favorites. Oh. I just worry, are we disrespecting the Ravens' defense, you know? Oh, totally. But still, you have to buy into what San Francisco's done and they're at home and what they've done at home. Um, Again, you know, you go back to the Rams game a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, I know. They faced faced a good offense that was at full strength, and they got beat up on. Fair. Okay, so how about all those running backs? Schematically, they're very similar. The uh, the Chuba Hubbard, Ty Chandler, Aaron Jones, James Conner group. Would you start them over Brandon Ayuk? No. No. All right. You know, I'm not going to linger on this game if we don't have to just because we love the game and we can't wait for it. By the way, who are you guys picking with the spread? Niners minus five and a half. Niners. Okay. Uh, I mean, Gus Edwards is now the main guy in Baltimore. Yeah. Likely, obviously, coming off two strong games. They're facing a very good defense. Um, do we know the status of Armstead and Hargrave? Did not practice. Check. Yeah, that's big. But this was their first practice of the week. But Oren oh. Burks, another kind of a, a reserve linebacker, he plays a little bit. He also didn't practice. But that's two defensive, two great defensive linemen that did not play last week, and they got destroyed by the Cardinals running back. Big reason why Connor had a good game. Yeah, and DiMercato had a 40-yard touch, a 40-yard yeah. run. Um so, yeah, with, how much would that change things for Gus Edwards for you? I don't mind Gus as a flex. I don't want to trust him as a must-start guy. But, I mean, you you saw after the injury, they went right back to him. Uh, Justice Hill has kind of been what he – I think will continue to be what he's been, which is, you know, seven to ten touches at best for for what they're looking at. They're going to try and run the ball. I mean, you know, especially if those guys are not there, that's what they're going to do. You know, they don't want to necessarily put it all on the mar and make him have to – you know, win the game from not that I don't think he can because he's capable of doing that against anybody. But uh, I would imagine if they can get Gus in the 20 touch range, I think there's a stat. I'll go back and look at it. There, there, There's a stat of how many carries he gets to what their win loss record is. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. You know, obviously when he, when he's rolling it, it, it works out. But if you're stuck at running back this week, I don't think he's a bad play. He's obviously not going to catch a lot of passes, but they get near the goal line. They've been running the ball and I think he'll have an opportunity to do so. He had what, 10 touchdowns or nine touchdowns. 
in that five game streak. Mm-hmm. Um, not 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 awful now that uh, Mitchell's out of the way. So define stuck. Like, do you have him ranked ahead of James Conner? Because I do. Uh, no. Uh, yes, in non PPR, I do. Okay. What about uh, Deontay Foreman? Oh, Gus, easy. Najee. Uh, no, I like Najee this week. Mm, okay. Yeah, no DJ Reader. I like him this week. We're we're totally backward on uh, on how we feel about Gus. I agree that he's a good fill in running back, uh, but I'm looking at my PPR rankings. The only running back I would consider starting him over is Najee. I don't care if DJ Reader's playing, not playing. I just don't think Najee's like rolling well right now. And with the Steelers talking about making all these changes, I wonder if that includes it running back. And they use our oh, guy like Warren Warren a little than, uh, um, Foreman also. Yeah. All right. By the way, people are asking why there's no Game of the Week song right now. I did it on Wednesday in case you missed it. But I'm glad people are still into it. Uh, so, okay, fill in the blank. I would start these quarterbacks over Brock Purdy. Okay, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. I would start these quarterbacks over Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy. Dustin Fields also. Okay. He's so annoying. He should be so much better. Lamar. Every week. Yeah, Lamar. Oh, yeah. Of course he should be. He but should be so much better every week. It's so frustrating. Little mistakes yeah. every game or every other game kind of cost him. Uh-huh. But in the games where you see him having like 30-plus fantasy points, those are like the games where he's awesome. There, there's a couple. Like the first Pittsburgh game, he was outstanding. His receivers cost him numbers. Yes. But I, I, I you can't. He's an MVP candidate for a reason. He's having a really good year statistically when you look at him throwing the football. Completion rate's great. Um, is he running the ball as much as we thought that he would? Mm, maybe not quite as much, last week notwithstanding. But I, he's he's how they're going to win this game. That's not an obvious statement at all, right? Huh? But I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up like exploding on the ground this week. And which... Tight end, do you like better? Oh, I should say likely. I have Kittle ranked higher, but I, I kind of like likely more. I love that he's running more routes than everybody except for Zay Flowers. I like the way that he uh, he he's like a big-bodied option, red zone option. Seems to be on the same page with Lamar. Adam, this is your cue to play the music. I'm not. Right? I'm not. Honestly, I'm not playing. So okay. I, the thing I mentioned about Kittle last week is that he, much more so than Ayuk or Debo, is very much tied to how many yards Brock Purdy throws for. And just looking at the game log for Purdy, when he hits 270 or more yards, George Kittle has a great game almost every time. When he throws for fewer than that, for fewer than 270 yards, he struggles. And last week he had 54 yards on four targets and. Purdy had uh, what, 200 and what do you have? 242 yards at Arizona. I can't sit here and tell you when he's going to throw 270, but I can tell you that's kind of what's been going on with George Kittle. 270 against the Ravens, Ravens is going to be tough, but Purdy can obviously do it. All right, and the DSTs. Uh, do you guys like either of these DSTs? No, I like the Niners because I think they can get some turnovers and sacks. I do not like the Ravens DST. What if Armstead and Hargrave are out. Still not. Still going to start the Niners. Okay. There's so many better DST options you could pick up this week. 
So that's the thing. Like, I, I would agree. Like, if you can find the Bears DST, the Colts DST, I would start them over the 49ers. Broncos better this week. Bron- yeah, that's another one. That's fair. I don't know if they're out there, though. Are the Bills still out there? For two weeks. No. Bills are not out there. Uh, you get those guys for two weeks. Yep, I agree. Detroit at Minnesota. Our two game. DSTs I would not want to use this week. <laughs> I already gave a stat of the game. It's the Minnesota running back carries in their last five games. They're 13th in run rate in those five games. And I do think that, you know, obviously got to point out Justin Jefferson didn't play in four, 3.75 of them. But uh, they are maybe changing it without Kirk Cousins. And that's good. You know, you need carries against Detroit. Uh, all right. <clears throat> so how how do you rank you? You rank them, Gibbs, Chandler, Montgomery. No, I've PPR, yes, Montgomery, Chandler. PPR, it's uh, Gibbs, Chandler, Montgomery. All right, talk to me about uh, Gibbs and Montgomery. That's if Madison's up. Gibbs Gibbs really doesn't get a ton of touches, but he's so good. And Montgomery, obviously, kind of know what he is. Three straight games with right around 12 PPR fantasy points. But three games before that, he was more like 17. But we know he needs to score. <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, Jamie, you talked to me about the Detroit running backs and, and the confidence level you have in them. And, again, a tough matchup. I think for Gibbs, it's just, you know, you're, you're looking at the big play potential. You're looking at, you know, when he's involved in the passing game, he's been fantastic. Um can can win your fantasy week on one play. It's a tough matchup, but I'm still starting him without really hesitation. He's a top 12 running back. Uh, Montgomery said it. He's got a score. And so this run defense has been fantastic, really, for uh, the majority of the season. But we know what Detroit's offense is like when their offensive line is healthy. And Ragnall back last week was you know a, a, a big boost to that, even though Montgomery didn't score. Still got you uh, 11 PPR points, I believe it was. Um, so, yeah, th- those guys are, are kind of – easy to figure out at this point. I think Montgomery just more of a number two running back better and non PPR than full just with the touchdown potential. And then for Chandler, uh, you saw the usage last week, you know, Kevin O'Connell just continues to rave about him as the week goes on, maybe more so because of Madison seemingly not being able to go, but that was their best running back performance of the season by a mile. And I think with the quarterback change to Mullins and the fact that Dobbs, was not necessarily going to throw to his running backs where Mullins, I think, will will because he's more of a statue back there. That will help his role in the passing game. So that's why I would take him over Montgomery and his usage. He's not coming off the field really for anybody. Uh, whereas you could see, you know, Gibbs and Montgomery continue to split. I'm just worried that a lot of Chandler's production was because of the matchup last week. Sure, Reader being up. That's why and I think that the line, even if Reader had played, I still think that Chandler would have had a good game, probably not as good as he actually had. Lions have only allowed five running backs to have 12 or more PPR points against them. Uh, only three have had 100 total yards. Only seven running backs have 10 or more PPR points, none in the past two games. It makes me a little worried about Chandler. I get where you're coming from with Montgomery, uh, starting Montgomery or starting Chandler over Montgomery, because Montgomery himself good rushing metrics and he gets a lot of work, but he hasn't been delivering the touchdowns and that's the thing. So I go back and forth between those two as well. Um, I just, I wonder if Chandler kind of has a down game because of the matchup this week. Well, I mean, look, let's face it. They're both (laughs) facing tough run defenses, you know, so these are two of the best in the league. So it's just a matter of who you feel has more potential. And like I said, I'll go, I'll go with Chandler getting a few more catches than Montgomery. And that's why I would take the edge over him. 
Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting with the Lions, right? Dave just gave some stats about how good they've been against running backs. But in their last eight games, they've allowed four running backs to score 16.8 or more PPR fantasy points. And they all scored. So that's, you know, that's always a big factor here. But they've played two games without defensive tackle Aleem McNeil. And in the first game, uh, they gave up five, 4.6 yards per carry to Deontay Foreman. And you look and you say, oh, maybe it was a pretty big deal. And then the next game, they completely dominated 3.3 yards per carry to the Denver running backs. Much worse than that for Javante Williams specifically. So, but I haven't I haven't ruled out the possibility that they are going to struggle a little bit without Aleem McNeil, who apparently was their best run stuffer on that defensive line. So we've only seen two games, one good, one bad. But I just want to throw that out there as maybe a, a bonus for for Ty Chandler. <clears throat> Uh, Jefferson and Amonra St. Brown are easy, right? Obvious must starts. Starting them. Any, I was actually a little surprised by your Jordan Addison rankings. Surprised to see him in the top 30. A little bit of confidence there in him after the two-touchdown game. <clears throat> well, it's the matchup. It's the Lions cornerbacks versus Jordan Addison and Addison being able to shake free and Mullins giving us, or at least giving me confidence that he can locate and throw to Addison. Now, there is a wrinkle that we have to talk about. There's a chance C.J. Garner-Johnson plays for the Lions, Mm -hmm. and that could take away the middle of the field, which has been open for a lot of pass catchers against Detroit lately. But I still love those perimeter receivers because even though they can break in on routes like Jefferson does all the time, they can still possibly – they won't see Garner-Johnson as much. So still like Jefferson a ton, and Addison's got the matchup. He'll have those outside matchups for sure. It's also the uh, Hawkinson revenge game. Yes, I was about to say that. Which uh, which tight end do you guys like better? Laporta, but it's close. The door. <laughs> that would be La Puerta, if I recall. No, in Italian, Laporta. Oh, okay. Uh, Hawkinson, Laporta. I'm guessing McBride and Kelsey are ahead of them. Anyone else? In PPR, they are. Anyone else? Or are they are they three and four? No, or those are my top four. four. Yep. Those are your top four. Okay. The Joker right behind them at five. Gotcha. Uh, quarter, quarterbacks in this game, they're on a different level here, but do you like golf? Uh, this this Minnesota, very tough matchup. I know that you had Jake Browning with the two touchdowns, one of them a prayer, but he was the first quarterback to do well in about two months against Minnesota. Goff coming off a 41-point game. Starter sit Jared Goff, and then we'll get to Mullins. He's a starter, low-end starter, um, but indoors. His last two indoor road games, he's been good, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, yes, it's a tough matchup. I know it's a different defense, but he did really well against Minnesota, for example, last year, so somewhat of the same personnel, but different scheme. But in any event, I think as long as his offensive line is healthy, you trust Jared Goff, especially if there's no weather conditions, and he doesn't have any weather conditions for the rest of the season. So uh, I think he's still a top-ten quarterback. And Mullen, he's uh, he's coming off a 21-point game. The way to beat the Lions is not to necessarily run on them, it's to throw on them. And with everybody healthy, Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson should be able to uh, have some success against this Detroit defense. I've got Mullins just outside my top 12. Jared Goff is inside my top 10. Can you run me down the list of the quarterbacks that the Vikings have done a good job against in the last five weeks? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, Brock Purdy, last five weeks, I'll go back to Brock Purdy, 13 points. Jordan Love, 16 points. Taylor Heineke, 16. Saints quarterbacks, 17. Russell Wilson, 16. Justin Fields, 9. Remember that game, Monday night? 
Yep. Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell, four, and then Jake Browning, 22. I mean, that's really impressive. I know there are some duds there, but but there's Purdy with 13, Love with 16, right. Wilson, 16, Fields with nine. And with 59 rushing yards, he scored nine points. I, I would just argue that aside from Purdy, Goff is a step up from all those others as a passer. And that makes me kind of believe in him a little bit more. We've seen Hurts, Herbert, Mahomes. They've had at least 23 fantasy points. We just saw Brian Browning have 22, and he was attacking them downfield. And so I, I just wonder if Goff has too many weapons and isn't just so in sync with this offense right now that you just can't get away from him. It would be different if his offensive line was bad, but it's not. Yeah. Mullins. Or Flacco. They're back-to-back for me. I go Flacco. I, I, I'm i the same way, um, but I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind because Flacco looked so terrible last week. It was so bad. Mullins or Jordan Love? Mullins. Agreed. All right. I think we're done with this game. Let's go to our next one. In my notes here. Where's my notes? What do we have? The next game, which is oh, there it is, Indianapolis at Atlanta. I got a lot of notes. How many? I have thirty-three thousand six hundred and six and fifty-six words in this document. Uh, <clears throat> Gardner Minshew. Any interest starters at Gardner Minshew coming off a nice twenty-six point six point uh, game against the Steelers? Oh, if, if more, he's in a better standing with Pittman healthy, yep. but um, there are just a lot of good quarterbacks this week. So we've seen we've seen Minshew with uh, a healthy Jonathan Taylor. And he hasn't exactly put up a lot of great numbers. And so with Taylor back, I would lean away from starting him. But Superflex 2QB, if you need a guy and he's been on your bench, I think it's a decent start this week. I start him over Russ. I start him over Kyler. Um, borderline between him and Jordan Love, but I might lean Love. But still, with uh, with Minchu, with Pittman back, it makes it a lot easier to trust Minshew if you need to. Mullins and Browning ahead of Minshew for me. As it stands now, it looks like Jonathan Taylor will play and Zach Moss will not. So all the running backs that we've been talking about, like Zeke and Ty Chandler and Chuba Hubbard, but it's obviously we're going Taylor over them, right? And and then You said it, your bold prediction. He's gonna be the first one to yeah. score a rushing touchdown against them. I mean, I would personally start him over Barkley and ETN, would you? Easy. Yes. How about the starting Seahawks running back or Jonathan Taylor? Uh I have Taylor right now ahead of um Walker, but it's close. Same. All right. Michael Pittman. This is a tough matchup. Uh, they give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, Atlanta, and the second fewest fa- fantasy. Yeah. And the second fewest fantasy points to uh, running backs, I was going to say. So, but yeah, start Pittman. If he does not play, is there any Colts receiver or tight end that you just say no so we can move on? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, Alec Pierce would be the DFS tournament dart throw. Okay. Sit Taylor Heineke. All right, I'll get to Bijan in a second. Dave, uh, Jamie already said he's excited about Drake London. What did you want to say about the quarterbacks? Heineke challenges downfield more. He's got a higher A dot on his throws. He's got a higher um, pass attempt of 15-plus air yards than Ritter does. He's got a lower interception rate than Ritter does and a higher touchdown rate than Ritter does. They've only played, I think it's 23 snaps together, Heineke and Drake London. Three targets, that's it. Two catches for 28 yards. But I'm encouraged by Heineke being more willing to fire downfield and London being there. And London can dominate in one-on-one opportunities because he's got this gargantuan size. 
So you should be encouraged to start Drake London. Don't know if I love him as a top 12 wide receiver. I think that's where Jamie's got him. I appreciate the boldness, but he should be in, in the majority of fantasy lineups, especially in PPR leagues. Let's talk about Bijan Robinson now. Well, before we do that, I'll just say Kyle Pitts is not ranked as a starter, so don't start him. No, but he's gotten it. He's got a little bit of an edge with Heineke too. Uh, okay. He didn't in, against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Right. We only, right. It basically was only one full game of Heineke. Heineke came in in the fourth quarter against Tennessee, played a full game against Minnesota, and then he was terrible against, I think it was Arizona, and he yep. hurt his hamstring and he left. But he didn't throw that much. They ran the ball all over Arizona. Okay, anyway, the Colts give up the third most fantasy points to running backs, the fifth most receiving yards to running backs. However, how about this? When Grover Stewart yep. Yep. plays... And he's I'm going. Glad. Super Grover is going to play. Uh, three point three point five yards per carry allowed to running backs. When he doesn't play, four point six yards per carry. And those are big sample sizes. That's eight games with him and six games without him. It's a yard, a little bit more than a yard better. So that's you know that's bad. However, are are you guys feeling good about Bijan this week? He's another one of those Barkley, Etienne, uh, Derrick Henry. I don't know how else you want to put in that canoe, um, but not uh, not exactly someone you could sit, but not someone that you should say is going to win you your week. Number two running back. Yep. So of those four running backs, Bijan, Etienne, Henry, Barkley, who do you have the most confidence in? Etienne. Bijan. Barkley, Etienne, and whom? Henry. I have Barkley the highest against Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> I would say Bijan. <laughs> I think I think you I mean, look, that, a lot of that's kind of where it is. Right. The best matchup is, is Henry. Right. It, it, yeah. Oh, man. Like Henry, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I have so much faith in Bijan, but I think it's it's being tested. He did, two weeks ago, he scored 19.8 fantasy points against the Bucks. Last week he scored 0.4 fantasy points at Carolina, um, and in his last five half games, PPR or non PPR was negative fantasy points. Half PPR was negative. It was negative. Half PPR, I know. That's why I said half PPR. Oh, I thought you said non. Sorry. It's okay. And he, um, he absolutely sucked. But um, three, of, three of his last five games, he's got more than 17 points. So that's good. It's good. Again, you're not benching any of these guys. <laughs> for the most no, but you might have to make a decision between these guys. Yeah, like, no, you could have but- gotten to the fantasy playoffs with yeah. Barkley, Bijan, and I don't know the, who the third guy would be. Oh, oh, sure. Any of those guys, yep. Right. Yeah. So, so for me, uh, Dave, and uh, this is tough this time of year because I don't necessarily mm-hmm. treat these shows like I would in week eight when you're talking to an entire league. You're talking to the best teams that are remaining, and I just, I just assume – that they have tough calls as they have the best players. Uh, so that's why, you know, I would probably just have moved on from Bijan, be like, he's the number two running back, whatever. But I feel like a lot of Bijan managers might have better options. Uh, is Drake London a better option than Bijan Robinson? As a flex, yes. Absolutely. They're really close, but I'd have Bijan higher. All right. Let's take a break. We got Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. We got four games left when we come back. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jacksonville's at Tampa Bay. Here's why I'm getting the heebie-jeebies on Travis Etienne. In his last six games, he has scored more than 12.6 PPR fantasy points only twice, and those are his only two games with a touchdown in that stretch. He has become a touchdown-dependent running back. In the other four games, without the touchdowns, he scored 6.4, 8.9, 12.6, and 9.9 PPR fantasy points. That's three really bad games. He's gained, Travis Etienne has gained fewer than 60 total yards in three of his last five games. He has one run longer than 16 yards in his last eight games. And it just, I mean, he's averaging 3.3 yards per carry in his last nine games. And he doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that's good unless there are a lot of dump offs. That's the only thing I could see. That's what I would expect. I would expect this to be a very Travis Etienne game for the Jaguars because why would you put it on C.J. Beathard to try to win the game? Yeah, I just don't know that he can get it done. I think this is going to be a really good run defense again. They're healthy. They got their linebackers back. Vita yeah, you Vea. can't say healthy because Devin White was a healthy scratch. Okay, that's true. But they have the linebackers yeah, but that they How much back. of a difference maker is he? Like, what are their, what are their numbers? He might, he might be worse, but but it's still, you know, you keep mentioning he's back. Uh, he, he was back last week, and they decided to bench him. No, but he was not the only linebacker that missed time recently, right? Right, Levante yes. David, like, matters but more. But David's been back Vita for Vea matters week. more. Right, but now Vea and David are back, and they are just healthy on defense, basically. Yeah, no, Vea, Vea is huge. In, literally yes, he, yes I, um, I've seen him. <laughs> but, but I think in terms of what he can do in the passing game, I would, I would expect – Doug Peterson to make this a lot about Travis Etienne. You have to. Like, why would you put it on CJ Beathard? There's no Christian Kirk. Uh, Zay Jones is banged up. Like, it's let let Beathard go out there and try and just you know chuck it to Evan Ingram and and Calvin Ridley all day, or try and slow the game down a little bit, especially with the way the Bucks' offense has been. All makes sense. They've used what what's been the usage for Travis Etienne over the past few weeks. But Trevor Lawrence has been healthy, so it doesn't really matter. Well, no, because we're seeing like I want to see what the usage has been and like what the numbers have been. Not with great. Him. He gets four catches. No, it's like he had one game with eighteen touches against Cleveland, and he had over seventeen PPR points. That felt good. Fancy manager saw the touchdown. That was a good game against a tough defense. He had fifteen touches against Cincinnati, a lesser defense, high scoring game. Scored in that game, seventeen point nine PPR points. Yeah, you you could almost put him in the same situation is the other running backs that we talked about before, but he's got more upside because we know he's a faster player. You have put him in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm hoping he does get three to four catches basically every week. So maybe he'll get more. Hopefully that would be a safety blanket and would really help him. Uh, Are any confidence in anyone in the passing game for the Jaguars? It's a, it is a great matchup. 
I, I think you look at Ridley as a high-end number three receiver. He's certainly better mm-hmm. if, if Lawrence plays. And Ingram, again, you know, are you starting Isaiah Likely over Evan Ingram? I think if Likely had a better matchup, you might go that route, but mm-hmm. not for me. He's been awesome since Christian Kirk has been out, and now Zay Jones may not play. So, you know, I, I think you just look at, at Ingram as a plug-and-play, uh, set-and-forget-it tight end and not worry about it. Um, it looks – it just it, – you'd feel a lot better about all these guys if Lawrence is out there. You know, Parker Washington would be a decent, you know, pickup for this week. You know, Jamal Agnew, if you're looking for a desperation play, might be decent this week. <clears throat> I think Beathard is going to be a little more careful than Trevor Lawrence has been. Uh, the career numbers on Beathard, 60% completion rate, 59.5 if we want to get specific. 6.9 yards per attempt. Touchdown rate is 3.4. ADOT is 7.2%. Um, I, I went back and watched some games of his a few weeks ago because I thought Lawrence was going to miss it with the ankle. And I, he doesn't have the best arm. I mean, he's a backup for a reason. And so I wonder if he is more of a caretaker and checks down. And if he does, given the matchup, I kind of like Engram a lot because I think he could get a lot of targets and pick up some decent numbers that way. And Ridley, between the mistakes that he makes and the fact that he's got a quarterback that doesn't have as much confidence in his arm and might not see the field the same way that Lawrence does, certainly doesn't have the same velocity as Lawrence does, um, no better than what Jamie said, which is a high-end number three wide receiver. Let's not forget, Doug Peterson, once upon a time, won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Yeah, it's that true. quarterback had a better arm than this one. Yeah, yeah. He did. Um, Baker Mayfield, you guys are pretty confident in. He's top nine for or everyone, for Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And uh, I guess I, I keep bringing up the pass attempts. That doesn't seem to matter for you guys. It, this Jacksonville defense is so bad. Yeah. They're not getting great pressure on the quarterback. They're trying, but they're not. Last week was a little bit of a different story. Okay, last week they were definitely in. Lamar Jackson's kitchen and Lamar just got out of every situation. I don't expect Baker to do that, but I think Baker still on 30 to 33 pass attempts can find two touchdowns. And the way that Godwin's been playing, the way that Evans has played over the balance of the season, I think there's some big yardage that could be there. Maybe not 300 yards, but 250, 275, somewhere in that range. Hopefully no turnovers. Okay. And the, the numbers I keep giving is that he's thrown th- 30 or fewer passes in five of his last six games. They've been very, very run heavy lately. You're getting 20 carries basically on a weekly basis from Rashad White. He's running the ball well. You know, we're obviously, people are expecting, I think the Jaguars could easily win this game. It's only a three-point spread, but the Bucs obviously are favors, favorites at home, coming out on a three-game win streak here. So pass volume does concern me a little bit, but it's very concentrated. I mean, that's a good thing for Godwin if he if he gets the targets and Evans. Um, well, we haven't really seen both of them get a lot of targets, right? You know, it's like no. Evans is taking a step back as Godwin. <laughs> Godwin, where did he crack your top twenty, Chris Godwin? Uh, PPR, he's right there. Non PPR, he's just outside. Yeah, he's twenty third for me in PPR. Uh, before I move on to Godwin, I'm sorry. Who are some quarterbacks you would start Baker Mayfield over? Uh, Love, Tua. Kyler, Chino. Mm-hmm. Tua. Tua. Assuming Tyreek Hill plays, you're still starting Mayfield over Tua? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Chris Godwin or uh, I hope I didn't ask you this. Drake London. London. Uh, London. Chris Godwin or Nico Collins? Godwin and PPR, Collins and none. Jamie, do you have London over Mike Evans too? 
Okay. Yeah, Mike yeah, Evans, is he still top, you know, eight, whatever? Yes. Ten? Yes. Ten, whatever. Okay. Jacksonville's bad. <laughs> it's true. Super bad. But Cisco and Campbell, two starters in their secondary, both limited in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So they could be getting those two pieces back. Rashad White's top six in both formats. Start Mike Evans. I almost, I almost was tempted to put White one out of McCaffrey this week. It's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he's incredible. It's amazing. I mean, they they if if there is a chance for a record in receptions for a running back, it could happen this week. Jacksonville is that bad. And that's why Rashad White just lives. But he doesn't lately. That's the funny thing is he's been yeah, running the ball. Yeah, but this is the week, though. <laughs> this is, well, that's so true. Bad. That's true. That's the great thing about White. If they're in a good game script, they will rely on him with carries. If they're not, they will rely on him with catches. He is is perfect. Um, all right, last thing here was, would you start Godwin over ETN, Saquon Barkley, uh, Derrick Henry, and the fourth guy in there? Oh, Bijan. I think Henry's the only one that I would start him over in full PPR. Who'd you ask? I'm sorry. Those four running backs, ETN, the heebie-jeebies. Barkley, ETN, uh, Henry. The heebie-jeebie canoe. And Bijan, yeah. And who, who over who? Godwin. Would you start Godwin over any of them? Oh, um, in PPR, no. Okay. Not in PPR, definitely not. Yeah, like you don't want to get too excited about Godwin, right? Because two weeks ago he had 11 targets. It was five catches for 53 yards. Yep. So you don't want to get too. But I'd say he he well, really three games ago it was even worse. <laughs> well, he had five catches for 53 yards, and then the game before is when he had his rushing touchdown. But three targets oh. and no catches. Pretty safe floor of having around 10 PPR points. I think you can guarantee yourself that with Godwin. But the the breakout games have been few and far between this year. We'll see if it continues. He's had two great games. One came when Mike Evans left. Absolutely. Yep. Giants are at the Eagles. Here's how the Giants do against elite teams this year. Uh, They lost by 40 to Dallas, by 18 to the 49ers, by 15 at Miami, and they had a pick six in the end zone in that game, so that could have been a lot worse. That was a 14-point swing. They lost by five at Buffalo. That was good, and they lost by 23 at Dallas. These teams destroy the Giants, and it's usually really bad for them in fantasy. Um, so yeah, I've got more stats here, but I'll, I'll just shut up and let you guys talk your thoughts on, uh, the, is this game pretty easy? You just like start all Eagles. Well, that- Devonte Smith, we got to keep an eye on his knee. Uh huh. Um, you know, hopefully he's okay. And I think that kind of sways Dallas Goddard. You know, if Goddard does not have Devonte Smith, you got to be a little bit more encouraged by it. If there is Devonte Smith, Goddard has a terrible history against the giants in his last five games, it's like 17 catches, 140 yards, I think it is. Really? And no touchdowns. Um, and obviously, he's not played great the last two games since coming back from the injury. But uh, should be a decent game for DeAndre Swift, unless, of course, Mr. Boston Scott comes to play. You want your your, your stats? Yeah, let's yeah, get the Boston Scott. This is fun. Stat All right, let me game. find it. Just give me one sec. Talk about something else. Yeah, I'll add this with Goddard. The Giants have allowed 8.6 or fewer half PPR points to a tight end. In nine of 12 games, Juwan Johnson had 10 in week 15. You'd have to go back to week 10 to find another tight end that did well. It was Jake Ferguson. So tough matchup. Jamie mentioned the history, and we've seen Dallas Goddard take a big-time back seat since coming back from his no, uh, from his injury. I have to disagree a little bit, though. Um, Tucker, Craft, Tucker Craft and Juwan Johnson were fine. 
fact, what did, well, no, I mentioned Jawan Johnson had 10 half PPR points and Tucker craft oh, had Tucker. 10 PPR points, 10.4, right, I think. So the giants have given up 10.4 to 12.6 full PPR fantasy points to a tight end in four of their last five games. They have not, they have only given up one big game to a tight end all year. It was George Kittle. Uh, so it's more about the catches than it is them like being leaky yardage wise. And then Jawan Johnson with the touchdown last week. I think the Giants defense, which has been a little confusing, and Jimmy Graham. is is totally a home road thing. I mean, they are much, much better at home. This is a road game. Their defense stinks on the road, as we saw last week. <clears throat> Sorry, here's Boston Scott. Eight games against Giants in his career. 86 carries, 414 yards, nine touchdowns. <laughs> 17 catches, 222 yards, and one touchdown on 22 targets. He has a touchdown in eight games in a row against them going back to 2019. Does that include the playoff game? I did not include the playoff game. That's only regular season. Okay. And now he's playing at home against this team on Christmas. He's not. And everybody knows about like Boston Scott's great against the Giants. Uh, By the way, Jamie, he he had a touchdown. He scored in the playoff game. (laughs) (laughs) Six carries. 32 yards of touchdown. Would it surprise you if he had one carry for one yard? All right, uh, start over. One carry for two yards and a touchdown. <laughs> it would be just fantastic if they just did the tush push with him once. Not for anybody that's clearly starting Jalen Hurts because you want him to get those points. But if this is a blowout, Boston, you're in. How you feel I about, think he could uh, score the first touchdown of the game. How do you feel about Darren Waller? Uh, Low-end starter. I mean, again, you're talking about a bad secondary that hopefully this is where you know the Giants can have some success and keep this game competitive. Um. You saw last week four for forty. You know it's it's funny because uh, I'm I'm hoping the same thing. It's it's totally random, but uh, just it was the exact same stats and targets. Isaiah Likely's first game without Mark Andrews was four for forty on six targets, and that was Waller's exact stat line when he came yeah. back, and then he blew up afterwards. So um, it just because I kept I kept re- referencing that for like two weeks because of the waiver wire so, hmm. uh, column. Um, I just hope he's he's more involved. Look, he he looked okay uh, in in his first game back. They clearly need help everywhere. And so, you know, DeVito is going to be under a lot of duress and, you know, chasing points. And so should be an uptick in targets. If he can get double digits in targets, he should have an opportunity to play well. Will he score? Who knows? But low end, tight end one, I think he falls in that range. And you'd start him over Goddard, I would assume. Uh, Unless Smith is out, yes. Yeah, I would rank it likely Waller, Goddard, assuming Devontae Smith plays. Yeah, agree. Dave, you're the high guy on Barkley. I've been your top 10. You want to the Eagles? The Eagles have been very bad, quite frankly, against running backs lately. Yeah. Six of the last running backs, well, six of the last eight, so eh, whatever. I, I, there's stat in there somewhere, but they've been str- oh three st- last three running backs: McCaffrey, twenty-two points; Pollard, right, that's McCaffrey. Pollard, sixteen point six. He had seven catches. Ken Walker, twenty point two. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you want to make the case for Barkley? The the case for Barkley is that he gets more work this week than last week, and the matchup isn't as uh, unfavorable as it looked like a month ago. You just talked about how running backs have been doing against them. The thing that I just took a look at, and this is in the first half last week, Saquon was not on the field for third downs. You're right. So he played about two-thirds of the snaps in the first half of the game, but it was Matt Breed on third down. So there was a change there in how they were using him. I wonder if he's not at 100%. And if we knew that for sure he wasn't at 100%, there's no way that he should be uh, in the heebie-jeebie canoe. He should be floating behind the canoe 
clearly with Hebe's and GB's. Uh, read the list of running backs that have done well against them. McCaffrey, McCaffrey Pollard, Kenneth Walker. Yep. Yeah, and two of those obviously great offenses. One, you got to figure the Eagles have just been beat up and tired. I mean, the stretch yeah. of games that they had was ridiculous. Yeah. And so not that they're rested, but to come back home and have to face this team. I mean, look at the spread. You know, this is going to be a blowout. And so yeah. how much is Barkley playing in the second half of this? So uh, must sit guy? No. Must start guy? Barely. Barkley has seven touchdowns this year. They came in four games. Arizona, which is the best matchup. Washington twice, which is one of the best. And Green Bay, which is becoming a really good one for running backs too. Uh, he just has a lot of really disappointing games. And DeVito doesn't really throw the ball to him that much. Doesn't throw the ball that much to begin with. All right. Uh, for the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is like a top two quarterback. He should get back on track. Um, Dave mentioned it on the live stream last night. He hasn't been completing the deep ball. That was mostly last week. He went 0 for 4 on pass attempts of 20 or more air yards. Remember, he's playing sick. So um, we'll see if we can get back to that. DeAndre Swift. So where's Swift rank with the with the Aaron Joneses and the Chuba Hubbards and the Devin Singletaries of the world? DeAndre Swift this week. He's right behind, but I think I'm 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 gonna change your mind, Adam. Play Swift over Barkley. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have that actual decision, but I do have. I think I know I'm starting him over Eckler. So I like that Swift over Eckler. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. It, it, and that this is where Saquon comes into play. Like if we're, we're worried about Eckler because he hasn't looked right and he's not getting the workload that we're used to seeing and he's going to get blown out. And so what's the difference between that and Barkley? Like I'm thinking about this right now, recognizing that I've got Saquon too high. But like if if I knew that Saquon wasn't going to, if he was going to have the same type of workload this week as last week, uh, I'd still start him over Eckler. But this is when I would get nervous about Saquon being a good fantasy start. All right, we have two games left. We got to get going a little bit here. But so my last question for this is, first of all, you guys do like the Eagles DST. Jamie and Heath love the Eagles DST. Dave has them seventh, I believe. Um, I've moved them up. They're top five. Okay. And then Devontae Smith, uh, is he, if he plays, is he a must start? He's number number two. All right. Arizona's at Chicago. The Bears have 12 interceptions in their last four games. Holy cow. Uh, we have talked a lot about James Conner. Uh, Conner or Swift? Swift. I have Conner higher. If you want to hear more about James Conner, we did a Tough Calls segment on Wednesday about him. We talked about him earlier on this show in one question for each game. Dave likes him more than Jamie does. <clears throat> Kyler Murray is a sit. He's t- like 20th. Sit him. Uh, not going to start. I don't even know which wide receivers are going to play for the Cardinals. So it's just Trey McBride basically is the only must-start for the Cardinals, and he's number one or number two in the rankings, depending on the analyst. All right, Jamie, you seem to have a, a good deal of confidence in Justin Fields. You have him fifth. Dave has him ninth. You can have the first word on Fields. I mean, the Cardinals are terrible, so it's easy for uh, Fields to have some success here. He's done well in these type of matchups. Uh, last week was a tough matchup for him against Cleveland. His stat line would have looked so much better if, first off, Robert Tunyon catches that ball down the, le- the right sideline. Um, would have been a 70-yard touchdown for him. Um, he, I hope, I haven't checked uh, lately, but the stat correction should have come that the first interception should not have counted because it was dropped on the Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But in any event, he'll get back to running. Only 30 yards rushing last week. He'd been over 50 each of the last two weeks. Um, I just think they're going to have the ball all day, and the Bears should be able to do whatever they want to against the Cardinals defense. So DJ Moore, huge game coming. Uh, hopefully Cole Komet as well. 
Um, they should be able to run the ball also. I just think this could be a Bears block. And Dave, you're a little lower on Justin Fields with him ninth. That's behind Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. It's not because of the matchup. It's not because I think that the Cardinals defense is good. I think the Bears are going to be able to run the ball well. So Deontay Foreman's kind of like a sleeper for me. Cardinals have allowed 4.6 yards per rush on the season, but 5.7 yards per rush in their past four games. Fields attempted 40 passes last week. He only completed 19 of them. Should have been 21, as Jamie alluded to, but I still feel like the Bears want to get back to being balanced. So I'm 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 a little more cautious about Justin Fields, but he's still top 10 for me and still somebody that I've got confidence in coming through for a good fantasy game. DJ Moore is a must-start guy, but it's kind of weird. The Cardinals, in their last five games, they've held Drake London to 6.6 points, Puka to 6.7, Cup to 4.8, Ayuk to 6.7. It's been a little strange, um, but start DJ Moore. And, uh, yeah, the uh, how about Cole Komet? Is Cole Komet ahead of, say, the, I think it was likely Waller? Is Komet ahead of them? Yes. One spot ahead. I might move likely ahead of him. This on paper is a tough matchup. They're fourth best. Yeah, I, I like likely better than, than Komet, but he's right in that range. Okay. Arizona's actually held Mark Andrews, Dalton Schultz, George Kittle twice, Logan Thomas, Jake Ferguson, Kyle Pitts, David Njoku, and Pat Fryermuth to fewer than 50 yards. Some of them did score, though. And we like the Bears DST. And our last game is Green Bay at Carolina. All right. Uh, one more time. Last time for the record, Aaron Jones or Chuba Hubbard? Jones without Dylan. Chuba with Dylan. Sounds about right. Okay. Um, Jordan Love. No thanks. How much will he do? Yeah. It, it's the same story every week with Carolina. But they, to be fair, they're not just good against quarterbacks. They give up the fewest points to quarterbacks. Not just because of their, they give up rushing work. Um, seventh best in passing yards per attempt allowed, too. So I think they have a legitimately good pass defense. And you got the wide receiver injuries, too. Would you start Flacco and Mullins over mm-hmm. Jordan Love? Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you start Minshew? And Bryce Young. No, no liar. I'm Minshew or Jordan Love? As of now, Love, but that might change. Dave, give me the scenarios in which you would start a Packers receiver. If Jaden Reed or Christian Watson were to practice on Friday and get the green light, I'd feel okay starting them as number three options. That's about it. If they're both out, then Dontavian Wicks is the one that is the number three option. If if Luke Musgrave doesn't play, would you start Tucker Craft or Dallas Goddard? I think I have Kraft over Goddard, assuming that Devontae Smith plays. Okay. And uh, sit Bryce Young. He has scored single-digit fantasy points as a quarterback in six straight games. Chuba <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Hubbard. It's going to go down as one of the worst draft picks ever. It's Yeah. I hope you're wrong. Aren't you gonna wait? Can't you give him a chance for next year though? Just to oh, see. sure. But you have to factor in what they traded to get him, and so he's got to outperform all those picks to justify the move. Oh, I don't think anybody liked the trade for Carolina when it happened, except for Panthers fans, and now they don't like it for obvious well, reasons. The Bears loved it. 
Oh, yeah. Well, they should have. It was a fantastic trade. Finally, they made a good trade after the Claypool trade and a hundred other trades that they've made. But I, I, I want to give Bryce the benefit of the doubt in year two. Different coaching staff, hopefully a better offensive line, schemed up better. He has to be schemed up. That's just how it is. But I'm, I'm not ready to write him off as a total dud. <clears throat> and his guys don't really get open either, so definitely needs a wide receiver. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is uh, about 21st in the rankings. Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen? I kind of, yeah. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah. About time, I kind of right? like him. Really? Just because of how bad this Packers defense is. Kind of like him. I think he's a number three receiver this week in PPR. He's a number three receiver every week in PPR. And I kind of like him. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to rank him as a top 24 guy. Let's not go crazy, but... Unfortunately, he's been kind of like a number four. These are his PPR fantasy points in his last eight or nine games. 1. 1.2, 5.5, 12.4, 8.3, 10, 12.9, 4.2, 7.2. I mean, that is terrible. I, I think he can get 13 PPR points against Green Bay. That would be his most since I don't even. Oh, no. Wait, you know what? I screwed up. I screwed up. I read some. He had one good game. There. I read some of Jonathan Mingo's stats in there. Uh, I had, <laughs> okay. All right. So in his last eight games, fifteen point two for DJ Chark. Game nine for Jonathan Mingo. Game ten for Terrence Marshall. Yeah, oh, there's that. My bad. No, he has been really bad though. I mean, it's it's uh, twelve point four or fewer in six of his last eight games. In three of his last four games, it's eight point three or fewer PPR fantasy points. And the big one of the big differences is he's barely out targeting Jonathan Mingo. So Mingo has has not done anything, but he's taken targets from Thielen. And you know Bryce what, though? It's, it's funny because, like, we hate that clearly because, you know, Thielen's been a, a decent fantasy option. That's smart on the Panthers. Like, yeah, get their, get their young guys going. Yeah. Okay. Um, sit to the Carolina tight ends. And the would you start the Packers DST over the Ravens and Niners? Uh, yes. Not over the Niners, but over the Ravens. I'm just going to read this question because it's funny because it's two commercials. K-R-A-F-T or the touch, the feel of Aten. Oh, look, I get a chance to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think Adam singing makes the Aten one better. <laughs> But it has to be Adam singing. How does the how does the is it K R A F T? Is that how it goes? That's it. Yeah. That's it. But no one remembers that one. Most most people remember the hot one. Yeah. All right. Later, everybody. Good that's luck. the question. We, we get a hundred questions uh, every show, and that's the one you answer. It's too bad the Falcons didn't draft Kraft because then we could have Heineken Heineken to Kraft beer cheese. <laughs> Instead, they drafted Pitts, and that offense is the Pitts. Someone says, remember Oil of Olave? Of course I remember Oil of Olave. It's still the best team name I've ever had. Slayer. Speaking of that, I can't wait to talk to Dan today. Yeah. What are we going to make fun of him for today? Oh, he'll just do something on his own. <laughs> I told him to watch Just Friends, and he refused. He's like, I don't have time for Just Friends. It's like, come on, man. 90 he minutes. refused? He said he was too busy. Are you confusing him with me? Because I told you I wasn't going to watch it. I'm telling everybody to watch Just Friends. It's that funny. Such a good movie. Yeah. All right. Hey, Adam. What? Who does your son think is going to win between the Eagles and the Giants? Oh, yeah. Jamie, my son walks in. He loves He's obsessed with football right now. Gets home from school yesterday, washes his hands, goes to the table to have a snack. He goes, Adam, unprompted. He goes, the Eagles are going to crush the Giants. Nice. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. All right. Um, Listen, don't force your son into your 
misgivings. No, he only he he only likes teams based on how cool their mascot or lo- their logo is. He likes logos. Don't force him to be a Hurricanes fan. Don't force him to be a Giants fan. He's a Jaguars fan. Don't force him to be a Yankees fan at this point. Next, forget it. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. We'll talk to you later on the mailbag. <laughs>